All right. All right. How are you getting on? How's uh, how's your granny for Slack? Is she even on Slack? She's probably on Microsoft Teams. Probably. Um, we're actually using Microsoft Teams because my granny wants to use it. Hey, do you know who uses Microsoft Teams? People who are forced to use Microsoft Teams. If you want me to do any kind of corporate gigs, that's my opening joke. Just seen them. Hey, who? who hey, how's it here? Uses. Um, um, I wonder whether they're using Pyongyang. Um, probably there's something else that they're forced to fucking uh, use. Anyway, uh, how are you? Are you good? Are you well? Um, how's uh, I tell you? Can't wait! Can't wait for that bloody uh, that bloody roadmap, huh? That entertainment sector roadmap. Hey, uh, meep meep. Uh, no, it's road road runner. But um, I'm looking forward to that roadmap. Uh, I tell you, uh, they've been uh, hey, <laughs> they've been developing this roadmap so long. Who are who are they? Fucking uh, Lewis and Clark, uh, the cartographers who discovered who mapped essentially uh, the United States of America. <laughs> Hey, Miho Martin, you got them trash bag. What are you? What are you? Uh, Lewis into the bloody Clark with this uh, road map, man. It's how you taking you, you you fucking walking the breadth of length and breadth of the United States for this thing. <laughs> because I wanted what's the crack? Like what's the, you know, you know the people. The people are clamoring for plume. They're clamoring for plume. They want to see plume. That might not mean anything to you. Sorry, it's not fucking. I don't know. Uh, Fury. What's your man? You know. Uh, you know. Sorry, it's not fucking. I don't know. What would he, what would he listen to? What would Michal Martin listen to? He probably listened to fucking, fucking, fucking M people or something. Yeah. Well, I thought the I thought the M started for Michal Martin. One night, one night, one night in heaven. Do you listen to? You know, I actually like M people. Um, I like all people. Uh, what does the M stand for in M people? What does the M stand for in M people? Um. The M people, it's taken for the first letter of the first name of band member Mike Pickering. Do you know, that's not fucking far off the, the, why Michal Martin would like them. Um, he just walks into Golden Discs, never bought a CD before in his life, and he's like, uh, M, M, M people, I suppose that's my name. Tell me, where, where can I find the Burns O's, you know? Um, well, by that rationale, then do you know my favourite band is Moose T. I'm holding, 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 yeah. Yeah, remember that horny song? And it was so not horny because it was so big and bombastic. It wasn't like Justify My Love and like Madonna, like an actual sexy song. Um, you know. I'm horny. It was revolutionary. Before Moose T, never, her women never said they were horny. Everything changed after Moose T. Um, remember that song? That was the um, theme song for Naked in Westminster. Which was a, a kind of a fly on the wall documentary that was on Sky One uh, about this guy called Catman, his name was. And he had a, he was a short guy, bald hair, uh, big long ponytail, who was opening up a club in Westminster, a strip club. And uh, this was some boring shit. <laughs> this was a boring. The amount of time, the amount of wasted, pure childhood time that I spent, that I wasted just. Hoping a tip might appear on the screen. Just hoping, upon all hope, that there might be a breast appear on the TV. Uh, how can I go wrong? It's Sky One. It's one. It's 10 o'clock. There's a show about a strip club opening. The opening is, I'm honey, 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 honey. And then it's all like, there seems to be an issue with the candles delivered to the club. And like, this is so boring. 
it was a very shocking, you know, I thought, oh, wow, saxes, you know, these these are these are strippers. They must be millionaires, you know. And then it goes to one of their flats and your one is like having dinner. One of them's having a dinner and she um she can't find a plate in her whole gaff and her place is a fucking shithole. And I'm having a go. Um and it's not like it wasn't like, you know, derelict. She was a very messy person. And she looked so beautiful. Um and she found a, and I remember she found a plate under her sheet of her bed. There was a plate under the sheet, tucked in, and then she found a plate there, and then she found another, and then she found a fork in her underwear drawer. And I'm like, how could you, where did you, how did you, why did you put that in there? Why did you put that in there? Why did you make your bed with a plate on it? Tell me, James, do you still sleep with a plate under your sheet? Um, You know, and I tell you, the, the reality of sex is not, is not what, I'm not saying that it's unattractive, it's just not what, you know, I wanted to, to see, you know. And you just... You're there, like, with a semi watching Euro Trash, and you're like, "This is okay," you know. I mean, I, I again, I, I suppose I'm adjacent to something that's kind of risque, <laughs> but it's not really, you know. I suppose, yeah, I was always curious about, you know, um, overweight nudist colonies in Cornwall, you know. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they open with the Lola Ferrari, and then they close with nudist colonies in Cornwall. And you're like, ah, this is kind of cool, you know. I remember one time, though, watching, I talked about it on the pod before, I saw one time, I didn't, I had no experience with Bollywood movies, but I saw one time that there was a movie on Channel 4 called Kama Sutra, I think it was A Tale of Love, right, and it starred uh, Saeed from Lost, was in it, um, and I think someone who maybe played the, the, the second owner of Harchester United from Dream Team, I think he was in it as well, and um, it was on, and, but my mom was in the room, and I was like, oh, fuck, I turned it off, and then a week later, you know, because things repeat a lot, you know. I saw that there was another Indian movie on, but it hadn't gone to, like, an ad break. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I watched it. Uh, it was a bit different. And it was actually, this one was actually, like, a Bollywood movie, right? And I wa- and it it must have been three hours long. This long Bollywood epic. Everyone will let them voice like that. Everyone talking like that. You know, <laughs> like fucking your man from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit been run over by the bulldozer, you know. Um, and I watched that with a semi, or at least trying to maintain a semi, for three hours, waiting for a... So I was like, they must be... No, no, no. You convince yourself, Mary. They're just going to close with... Honestly, they're leading up the sexual... The se- sexual tension between these people and their dancing is palpable, you know? It, they're going to... It's going to close with this un- unreal, uh, you know, unreal orgy flick, you know? Um, but it, of course it doesn't. It closes with a sensational number that I was too horny to appreciate. You know, hours waiting for a tip. I could have read every Wheel of Time. You know, I could have read every Harry Potter. I could have read. I could. I. I could be like. I could know like actual fantasy. I could have read like Isaac Asimov. I could have read Arthur C. Clarke. I could have read. You know, I could have read Orwell. I could have read the entire works of Shakespeare. But I spent my entire time with a craned neck. Just hoping a tit would appear on a screen. Could have practiced art. Anyway, look, I'm not getting into it. Anyway, everything changed then after digital and Bravo came along. And every single softcore Emmanuel film, just, you know, Emmanuel in space. You know, Emmanuel goes to the zoo. Emmanuel Macron. You know, I look, picture as many Ma- Emmanuel movies as there was, you know, spot the dog books. You know, Emmanuel goes to pick fruits and vegetables in uh, Granny's garden, you know. As many as you, as many as you like, um, and they tell you these kids, you got you goddamn zoomers, 
You goddamn Zoom has no idea how good you got it with your smartphones. Oh my god. You're just going on there, just to type in whatever you want, you know? Lovely hair, you know? Old woman with lovely hair. Well, that's your, you know, whatever you want. I'm just saying. You can just find it. And then you find it, you find exactly what you're after, and then boom, you're done. You're going to get on with your day. Do whatever it is you want to do with your Zoomer time. I don't know, look at TikToks of, uh, you know, you know, water balloons frozen with gels or something in them. Whatever the fucking things people do these days, you know. Um... Anyway, that's just a snippet of my puberty as told through the ages of terrestrial TV. But I tell you, you want to talk about bloody horny, then you got to talk about the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey, because the young, hot guy's sexy calendar, the thing I've been alluding to the last couple of weeks, but you haven't actually confirmed and said what it is, is coming the 1st of September. And all the proceeds are going to GCN Gay Community News, a very necessary and welcome source of news for the gay LGBTQ plus community um, since 1988 A very necessary resource um, And we're very happy to uh, Have the proceeds go there But let me tell you What's in the calendar Nothing but sauce Mate um, You got me You got Shane Daniel Byrne You got Killian Sunderman You got us with our tops on You got us with our tops off You got us with a bit of ice cream on us You got us wearing Trash bags for Halloween kink Ah. Uh, <laughs> and it's a great gift And it's a great stocking stuffer Even though the calendar Does go from September To September So you know you know, A handful of months Will be obsolete But do check it out Do grab it um, I think they'll, they'll Hopefully sell well And all the proceeds Of course will be going to GCN um, And if you want to get it Go over to the DLD.com On the 1st of September And you can buy them there And while you're over there Why don't you get yourself A bottle of whiskey Why don't you get yourself A bottle of the Dubliner Old Fashioned Recipe That's a collaboration With Rascals Brewery It's a tasty ass whiskey I think it's the best thing They've ever done Buy yourself a bottle of whiskey And look at the calendar And have a great I'm going to say Couple of months to yourself Because you want to enjoy That whiskey over a long period Of time responsibly And enjoy the calendar um, But anyway look Speaking of September It is September and we're going back to school, baby, on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. It's Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know that the show was Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And I know, yeah. Ah, lovely stuff, lovely stuff there. Um, so guys, it's back to school. It's back to school, it's September, so that means the fun's over. Fun's over, flag eyes. Now it's time for you to focus. You had your fun. You had your fun on your staycation, okay? You had a great August, not going anywhere, not doing anything. Well, guess what? The focus starts right now. It is, it is sick, isn't it, that that's kind of ingrained into us, that... Um, September means the fun is over. I feel really bad. I mean, my mate Joe, his birthday's the 1st of September, you know, and it's always just back to fucking school. Although I did sometimes delude myself that I would be excited to go back to school. I'm like, look, just give me a brand new pencil case. I wrecked the last one, right? I put my pen through it. I liked it. I found it satisfying seeing the, the plastic threads kind of tear as I push my pen in through Rachel Green's face on my friend's pencil case. Not that I had an issue with her. Not that I was some budding incel. You know, but now I don't know. I want a Pepsi one. And ma'am, guess what? You're going to get it for me because that's part of the deal without me kicking up a fuss about having to go back to school. And I want new stationery. 
and I want Stadler pens. I don't want Bix. I don't like I don't I don't I don't like the blacks on the Bix. Not having a you know. I don't like the color. Um, I don't like the how you know. I want to and I want a fountain pen as well. You know, whatever you want, sweetheart. You know, and then you get your first copy book. You get your Ashling copy book. You open it. You start writing on the first page, and you're like, "Wow, this looks pretty good." Wow, look at that penmanship. Look how neat it is. Look how neat I am. Maybe I've changed. Maybe everything's different. Wow, look at me go. Imagine, I, I wonder if I could keep a copybook this neat and tidy, this concise, this to the point, this direct. Look at these amazing notes. Wow, if only I... Oh, hang on, I made a mistake. Right. Well, look, I'm just going to tear this one page out, and then, if you know, I'm just going to... That's it. That's, that, that's this year's mistake done. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, all right, say, right, oh, another mistake. And before you know it, you're after reefing about 90 pages out of your copy book because they wanted it to be perfect. And you end up with three okay-looking pages and a load of jagged teeth sticking out of spine from all the pages you've reefed out. And you know what? Dear reader, there is no perfect copy book. There's just your copy book, hon. There's just your copy book. Warts and all, you just got to end. You just got to love your copy book. Do you know what I mean? You know, I tell you, it has taken me a long time to realize that there is no fresh page, no completely fresh page of a copy book. I mean, there, there is, but you cannot, from a fresh page, maintain complete perfection across 90 pages in a copy book, just like you can't in life, you know? And you can't just start throwing out the pages because you don't like how it's going. It's your copy book. You just got to love it. You know what I mean? There is no, this is the moment it all turns around and all of a sudden I can have perfect penmanship for the rest of this book. It just doesn't work like that. You, does the copy book look better than, does fifth class read a bit better than fourth class? Then you're doing all right. Do you know what I mean? Can the teacher read it? Can you read it? Then you're doing fine. I am genuinely, I think this is probably my number one thought I've been thinking about recently. And I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's me giving up, but I just, I'm kind of just over, I went back and I've seen notes that I've written, you know, to myself in notepads and I've, I've kept loads of notebooks across the years when I've written jokes when they were shite and I've, uh, you know, ideas for radio shows that I wrote when I was like 17. I have all these notebooks. It's the only thing that I keep. I never throw it in a notebook. And all these things are just like, now is the moment that I turn it around. <laughs> now is the moment. To, and guess what? Like, whatever. Maybe for a week. Maybe for a week, I'm carrying myself differently, but doing the exact same thing, you know? So look, yeah, maybe life is like a bunch of notebooks, but don't read out the pages, man. Just whatever. Just finish the fucking book. Just finish the book as it is. It doesn't need to be perfect. Do you know what actually I was on the concept of it doesn't need to be perfect? I, was, I keep thinking about the fact that like Steven Spielberg, auteur, visionary, um, uh, dream weaver, uh, watches E.T. and he's like, oh, fuck, I blimped it. Because they had, because the, because the FBI agents had guns and he was like, oh, they shouldn't have had guns. What were they going to do? Shoot the kids? It doesn't make any sense. He really regrets that. He also regrets them killing, killing the kid in Jaws. Um, but he, you know, E.T. arguably a perfect film. Not for me. I hate E.T. I hate the whole fucking clan. I hate the whole lot of them. What are they called in real life? Isogians. Didn't even need to Google it. Didn't even need to Google it. Star Wars, canonically, the E.T. race are called the Isogians. I know that because we played a Star Wars uh, role-playing game, which I was the games master, and the lads broke into a part of a... Um, I actually thought this was a really fun premise for an idea, right? It's, it's, a, it's post... <laughs> Hang on, I will get on to what I'm talking about in a second, right? But, you know, you just got to take these inspirations, in the, you know, uh, as they come. Um, we were playing 
a Star Wars role playing game. I was the the games master, and it kind of went on. I kind of allowed them to do whatever they wanted, and we ended up adding too many characters. This is case in point. It, was, it took place on a basically these were pirates who had taken over a super star destroyer. They had after you know uh, the Battle of Endor, and the Empire doesn't know what's going on. This kind of prison planet, um, or this prison freighter. Superstar Destroyer, the prisoners took over the freighter and they started living in this kind of colony within the Superstar Destroyer. Different kind of parts of the ship were like different territory and there was gangs and stuff like that. And I thought that was a very interesting premise for Star Wars. So we had a lot of fun with that. And But then it got to one point where it was we really jumped the shark was when the lads bust out of prison 40 these Asogians, 40 of these ETs who could hover and have telekinesis and have all the ET powers and it was just OP it was just absolute OP but anyway, um, overpowered but in general I think the Asogians are rotten I think they look rotten, I think they smell really bad I think they smell like they're like gen- genuinely rotting <laughs> and I don't like them um, well, how they gonna... yeah, so no, regardless of that that's not Spielberg's issue with it he's not like, oh my god, he's rotten oh my god, <laughs> stay in the sky what did I do? I'm going to be ruined. He's so ugly. I'm going to be ruined. Why couldn't I get a hot alien like Mac from Mac and Me? Or, um, or you know, Alf. Um, who are the hottest aliens, actually? Maybe the Kaminoans. Kaminoans from Kamino from Attack of the Clones. I'm not getting into that right now. That's a whole that's a whole month podcast series of the hottest aliens. The point I'm getting at now is E.T.'s a little dweeb and nothing's perfect, nothing's finished exactly how people want it, and good enough is okay. Anyway, do you remember Tara and Ben? <laughs> do you remember Tara and Ben? This is as ham fisted as it's gonna get. I'm gonna hit you with just a fuckload of nineties school nostalgia and then talk about it. That's that's the height of this podcast, and I think we're gonna have a good time. Do you remember Tara and Ben? Tara and Ben were a brother and sister, a curly headed duo, kinda of like Rosie and Jim, except they actually didn't score the whole off each other like Rosie and Jim used to, right? Rosie and Jim, the original polyams, right? Um Tara and Ben were like on they were like in your first Irish learning Irish. Uh, textbook as a kid like it's kind of starter book it wasn't bunga bar with the cow on it right it was a different one it was it was uh, this is any good um but for whatever reason i was chatting to i was chatting to someone about tara and ben and they didn't know what i was talking about and i kept talking about it <laughs> i kept talking about tara and ben you see tara and ben so tara and ben when they ran out of steam they were like all right tara and ben do this tara and ben go to the park tara and ben go to the farm tara and ben see a bow Right, it's a cow, right? Tara and Ben go see a Conini. That's a fucking rabbit, whatever. And then they run out of steam. They need a mate for Tara and Ben. They bring in a Poochie, right? And a Poochie is Anam the fucking Connor is his name, right? Young lad with a step. Looks like Dennis the Menace, right? Not, no, looks like Dennis. Not Dennis the Menace. Not American Dennis, who was also a menace. Blonde haired um, uh, with a step, right? Comes in, young hot thing. And Connor, um, I remember, lived uh, not in Aka. What's above? Above a shop. He lived above a shop. Connor lived above a shop. And I used to think that's the fucking coolest. I would love to live above a shop, to be that close to sweets. My cousin Omar lived close to McDonald's. I think I talked about this before. You know, um, and I was so, so jealous. He lived right beside Artane Castle. And he lived right beside, like, you know, Extra Vision was there. He could just walk into Extravision, have a little peruse, you know, go into Tesco. There was a, you know, or a Quinsworth, as it was known back then. 
um, and it was McDonald's right there. I was sickeningly jealous. So I've always though like like to live in close proximity to a shop, right? Hey, call me a city mouse if that's what that, that that's what whatever. <laughs> but now I live above a shop. I live above a shop. I live above a shop and a Chinese, right? And don't be messaging me being like I know which shop, right? Don't be a creep like that. Certainly bring it up to me in person. But listen, if you're sending me a creepy Instagram message, I am gonna read that in the worst in the take that in the worst possible way, right? I'm a grumpy fucker when i'm alone <laughs> on my own looking at my phone if i'm on instagram in the first place i'm in a bad mood right so you send me a message saying you know where i live don't be sending me shit like that but with the greatest respect <laughs> but feel free to bring it up to me be like oh do you live in here and you know i can have a you can have a chat about it anyway um connor lived above a shop i now live above a shop right connor the character from this 30 30 year old uh, Irish textbook lived above a shop and for whatever reason I was chatting to someone they were like where do you live I said this place I live and I was like I actually live above the shop there and they were like oh well above the shop and I'm like yeah I'm like Connor from the Tara and Ben books I said to another human being and she was like what's that and I'm like Tara and Ben you don't know Tara and Ben and she's like no and I'm like oh they were like uh, I don't know anything about them they, just, they were the mascots of this Irish book and she goes okay and like there, there's the appropriate place to leave the conversation. Like she didn't get the reference. It was a weird pull, right? But for whatever reason, I'm like, and they had a friend, and his name was Connor. He had they had curly hair. He had straight hair, and he had like blonde hair. And I'm still talking. I'm like, why am I talking? <laughs> and I'm like, and he lived above a shop, and I live above a shop. And like literally, I don't even know what I'm holding for. You know, I honestly felt like I was a child on the toy show. You know. And Tubbs is like, and where do you live? I live above a shop, like Connor from Detar and Ben books. You know, <laughs> and he's like, that's great, you know, but another human being at a wedding. To be fair now, if I had to go that deep into a pull right now, I know my chat muscles are of atrophied. Right. But uh, if I had to go that deep into a pull to just say something, then I doubt you was giving me good chat. You know what I mean? I'm not having a go. I'm not having a go. But if I had to be like the Tara and Ben books. <laughs> um, but, you know, I often find myself just trying to, like, you know, pander to someone who doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> I'd probably just lead the conversation. But I'm always, you know, you're stuck with someone and you're trying to, like, find a common ground or try to talk about something you think they might like, you know. And you don't have a full grasp or, you you know, you're trying to ha have them tell you about their job. You should just be like, here, what do you think of the fucking Spider-Man trailer? I know you probably didn't see it. Let me tell you what I thought. I think Doctor Strange is Mephisto. And they're like, what? Yeah, well, Mephisto is basically kind of like the equivalent of the devil in Marvel Comics. And there was this story called One Day More where Spider-Man had revealed his identity to everyone, but Aunt May was dying. So we went to Mephisto and he was like, Mephisto, please, you need to fucking save the day here. You need to fucking save Aunt May. And Mephisto's like, all right, I tell you what, I'll save Aunt May. But that means that we're going to go into now an alternate reality where you have no longer revealed your secret identity and you're no longer married to Mary Jane and all the things that kind of would have been things they could dangle again in the future. They could just kind of, you know, rehash it, re-edit re it so that they could kind of invigorate what they thought, some new life into Spider-Man. Well, people kicked the fuck off. And I tell you, um, and actually Jordan, my pal Jordan, wrote a letter into Marvel Comics and they printed it and he was given out about it. And in fact, I think if I Google it right now, I can show you the letter and I'll read you the letter my fit, my, my mate Jordan wrote in to Marvel Comics bullpen. And I'll read that for you right now. <laughs> you know, just just that. You know, why can't I just talk about that? That's my hot take, though. I think Doctor Strange is Mephisto. I think that's what they're doing, right? Spoiler or whatever. But um, I have no reason to believe that that is a spoiler. But... um. It just seems very out of character. And I, I also find it interesting in the trailer. And I may as well talk about it. Look, it's the most watched trailer in history. It's the most watched um, uh, movie trailer. 
and they were dangling it for a while. And they clearly, normally they don't leave a trailer this long before a flick comes out. Now, I don't know if they're going to stick the landing. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if Spider-Man's going to stick the landing. Um, I don't think, um, I think, well, I don't know. Look, I don't know. You had Black Widow. That was a prequel flick. You know what I mean? That was a prequel flick. And they were teeing up a kind of a less interesting universe in the kind of Red Room Black Widow universe that, you know, whatever. Black Widow fucking, you know, um... Hawkeye, you know, is there any, you know, um, this is a bit more interesting. To be fair, I think they kind of realized that, Marvel realized that, and quite clever of them, knowing that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was on the out, they have some kind of connection still to Iron Man with Spider-Man, which is so brand new, just for the films. It's not in the comics at all. And I don't really like how gadgety Spider-Man is, and I especially don't like how big this thing looks. I like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Give me the first Spider-Man flick where he, you know, inadvertently, you know, ruins a bodega because he's trying to stop, you know, bank robbers, you know. Give me that shit. Give me, give me even Spider-Man goes to Europe, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but, you know, it's still kind of somewhat self-contained. This, I don't know. I'm getting a bit of franchise fatigue. I'm not going to lie. I don't like... I don't, I personally, can I say as a as a pundit, right, as someone who's going in there paying the ticket, I don't want to know, to be honest, what studios own the rights to what franchises, right? I think the whole big picture of this whole thing is completely wrong. I don't care that the Looney Tunes go to fucking me Humphrey Bogart in the Casablanca franchise in Space Jam A New Legacy. That does not resonate me with whatsoever, you know? Or the fact that Looney Tunes can exist in the same world as the Matrix, that doesn't interest me whatsoever. Like, I'm getting crossover fatigue, right? And knowing that this film is going to have all of the Spider-Man, I'm glad to see Andrew Garfield's going to get his time in the sun. I really like Andrew Garfield. I thought his chemistry with Emma Stone was amazing in those Spider-Man movies. That was the best thing about it. Um, but it was they were terrible movies. They were like, who's Peter's parents? But who fucking cares who Peter's parents? No one gives a shit who Peter Parker's fucking parents are. That's not the point, you know? And I'll tell you, I'm just and just the idea that there's going to be a shitload of Spider-Man in it, six villains, you know, just you know, you had Vulture, you had Michael Keaton as Vulture, like give me give me the Dark Knight Rises thing, give me like they break Spider-Man, right? Give me that, you know, Craven, right? Craven is a villain for Spider-Man who's like a hunter, and that's the whole thing. He's hunted every animal, you know, across the world. He's he wears a waistcoat that is a lion's head, right? He has the arms at the ears, <laughs> right? Give me that. Like, give me who would play him? Michael Shannon? No, he's not. Mike. So Craven has to be like he's like he is also like he wrestles panthers. You know, he wrestles bears. I think Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson actually is going to be playing him in a standalone flick, which also like stop, stop getting Spider Man wrong. Just stop getting Spider Man wrong. Just Sony needs to be stopped. The worst. Do you know what? Did you find out that Venom, Venom, Eminem, 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 Eminem. My name is Eminem, 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 Venom. Find out that Venom, like made a billion dollars, is like finding out, like find find out about Brexit. Being like, no, that's not supposed to. That's not how it happens. You're getting it wrong. You're just gonna. You're just. Gonna, <laughs> you're just gonna fuel this fire that has them think that that's a good idea. It's not a good idea. You think that this is MCU. It's not the MCU. There's no way you would have gone see just Tom Hardy just for the sake in a standalone Venom movie. Stop getting... It's annoying, though. It's annoying, though, because Spider-Man has arguably 
not almost as good of a, a what's called a rogues gallery uh, of of villains. Like Spider Man's villains are almost as good as X Men. Maybe it might be better than X Men's villains. It might be better than X Men's villains. Batman has the best villains, of course. Spider Man. And the fact that Sony are like, yeah, we still have the rights and we're still going to make Spider-Man movies next to your Marvel movies is just, oh, just awful. <laughs> just awful. It's like a bad divorce. It's awful. It's just horrible to see. Um, but, uh, or, you know, Henry Cavill would be a good craven because he's an absolute specimen. Him with the tash that he has in Mission Impossible, he'd be a good craven. It's this the flick, right? Everyone finds out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, right? <laughs> I'm still talking to this woman at the wedding because she hasn't said that in a while, right? So this is my premise for the new... Okay, so she's like the trailer. All right, well, this is my premise for the new Spider-Man flick, right? Here we go, right? Um, you have Henry Cavill plays Craven the Hunter, right? Who's, I think, originally Russian in the comics. I don't really know too much about it, but he's Russian. In this, he's kind of a blue-blood Brit. And he's, a fam- he's raised in this kind of family, you know... Uh, that were like you know, uh, you know the you know they've done everything they've you know they started off just doing a fox hunting, then they went to Africa big game hunting, and then you know he went rogue and you know started killing animals with his bare hands. You know he's a big fucking jack dude, and now he comes to um, but he's also rich, right? But he's also rich, so he's kind of got a Bruce Wayne kind of energy, you know. And he is here. He knows the Peter Parker Spider Man, and he is pulling out all the stops to try and kill him and break him and embarrass him. Uh, on the world stage to show that he is truly, um, you know, whatever the greatest, the greatest hunter, the greatest specimen of man, um, and I don't know what else happens in the story, but I think that's a good villain. Someone's like, I just want to break you, I just want to kill you. You know, it's not about it's not about you getting in the middle of some other conspiracy or you getting in the way of a kind of a, a you know a, a, an alien warhead heist like in the first one. It's just you know I just want to fucking kill you. I know who you are, and I know I want to hurt you. You know, I'm going to like Philip Seymour Hoffman in that other Mission Impossible. But I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her and then I'm going to hurt you. You know, um, what am I talking about? Back to school? Am I still talking about back to school? Right, let's talk about back to school. Do you remember Mala? <laughs> it was fucking clay. Here, do you remember Mala, do you? Here, hey, what's the deal with Mala? Oh, here we go. You get up in the morning and um, waking up in the morning, thinking about some many things. Now you go into school in the morning and the Mala be bloody so hard. You had to roll it around in your hand for a while, warm it up, and then you could make a snowman. Yeah, I like Mala. I like clay. I like blue tack. I've got an almost no. I'll say full blown compulsion with blue tack. If there, if I go into your, if I go into your room and there you're hanging something up. This is what happened. I walk into a room. I see something's been hung up. I notice that it's not been hung up like a poster. And it's not been hung up with, like, pins. I'm like, there's blue tack behind there. I will, in a very coy way, try and go over to a corner of that poster, lift up the side, peel a little bit of blue tack off it, and play with it with my fingers. And I will do that to the point of drying out my fingers and actually hurting myself. I have a serious compulsion. Not the worst compulsion to have, but it's um, it's worrying just to the point of which I will actually rub a bit of blue tack in between my fingers. It's very concerned, making a little snowman, you know. I think that's why I like pasta, because I like playing with mala. I like playing with dough, you know. 
Do you have like a compulsion? Do you ever have a compulsion that you're like you, <laughs> you actually kind of don't know what this is actually doing for me? You, you, we're all being all coy here, right? We're all being all coy here, uh, and you're slagging me off for like fiddling with the little uh, tag of my clothes, but you don't actually know that I'm actually there's a darkness here, and I can't. <laughs> it just looks like I'm playing with a little nylon tag of my of my shirt, but there's something deeper here going on that I really do not want to explore. <laughs> do you have anything like that? Maybe like plucking your eyebrows or combing your hair or, or, or like cleaning your ear <laughs> anyway let's move on what else do we got here um what else we got here um i'm looking at a 90s school nostalgia list because i was not even willing <laughs> to put the effort in to even think about what we used to do in school actually i'll tell you what we used to do in school because what i'm seeing here is i have like you know bean bags for pe um ufos um i tell you new uh, upcoming podcast I've recently gone down a, uh, I don't want to say a rabbit hole, I'll say a wormhole of watching um, these lads uh, interview each other about, like this guy's saying that he's in, uh, you know, anyway, sorry, this is, I found a TikTok that was showing clips from the, the platform Gaia. Gaia is like a Netflix, but for batshit insane space cadets. And I mean that with the most amount of love I can possibly give. Um, you might have seen on my social media, I've been posting lads talking about how, they, how they've how they been recently genetically engineered. These guys say that they're Navy SEALs and they were sent to Jupiter to fight aliens in hand-to-hand combat. Like, people are just so... One lad um, getting depressed and crying over the fact that there used to be this alien race of ant people and now they're all gone and he starts crying. Like, there's... I'm I'm gonna I might even do it as a video, just kind of break down some of these interviews and, and fully uh, fully unravel the truth out there. Um, yeah, we had UFO suites. People were mad at tangies. Do you know what? Actually, I'll tell you something that was original to my school that you wouldn't find found in any other school. We we had this game, right? We used to we used to wrestle a lot in school, and we even got to the point where we had like a, a commissioner of a kind of schoolyard wrestling federation. And people, you know, this is when Shawn Michaels came back during the Attitude Era. You know, I think he was recovering from an injury. That's what happened in wrestling. Still happens now where a wrestler will come back. They're maybe not fit for wrestling, so they will still get the limelight and keep their status by being like calling the shots and maybe either become a good guy commissioner calling matches that the fans want to see or a bad guy commissioner where they're, you know, constantly putting the, the you know, the face, the good guy in danger, you know. So we, we kind of used to do this. We had kind of nominated commissioners. We had various wrestling stables, and we'd wrestle. We'd kind of do a mock kind of like wrestling match, you know. And, you know, most people knew that if you get a stunner, you don't get straight back up. Do you know what I mean? Most people knew that. Some people would be like, no, no, it didn't hurt me. You know, no, I'm the fucking Terminator. Being like, That's a different game, bro. Play with the fucking babies over there if you want to play Terminator versus Robocop. We're playing wrestling over here, right? So we all had our various stables. You know, stables are kind of a wrestling, like DX would be a stable, you know, um, the nation, the domination, you know, um, a group of wrestlers that all kind of hang out in a pack. That's that's the stable. So we had various stables, but we were more or less just kind of mimicking the ones that we knew. DX, the nation, the ministry, the corporation. We were all kind of mimicking this. But out of nowhere, there was this new stable called the Assassins. And I wasn't in the Assassins. Um, and the Assassins, the Assassins... The assassins were breaking kayfabe. The assassins were taking this shit seriously, right? And they were no longer, they were no longer acting just within the confines of a wrestling match during a school break, right? During during like a lunch break, they were now, they were now 
they were now wrestling in class. They were now wrestling when you go to the jacks. They were now wrestling when you went down a hall. But they weren't even wrestling. This is what would happen. You'd be walking down the hall, right? And you would turn a corner and out of nowhere, smack full force to the face. And you'd be like, so, uh, and someone would whisper in your ear, assassins, and run away. <laughs> and this was, you'd, just, you'd be walking, go up from anywhere, just be a hovering hand, just out of nowhere, assassins, assassins. And <laughs> and it it shook things up. It really shook things up. These assassins, and there was more people joining the assassins. But it wasn't quite clear who was an assassin and who wasn't an assassin. And you never saw them coming. It was very exciting. I mean, it hurt like hell to get smacked to the face. But it was a very exciting time. So it eventually reached boiling point. And everyone was getting super paranoid. No one knew, knew who was an assassin, who wasn't an assassin. Some people had kind of been found out. Some, I mean, it's difficult to go weeks smacking people in the face without, you know, and having a big group in on smacking people in the face and saying, assassins, assassins. And then we were kind of doing it as a joke. You just whisper and someone say, assassins. You know, people were, there was copycat smackings happening. But then it reached a point where something had to be done. And that was when the formation of the assassinators happened. The assassinators weren't, weren't they, they were kind of the chaotic good. There was the chaotic evil and the assassins, they'd smack any man, smack any woman, uh, smack any child. But the assassinators were just there to smack assassins. So it was kind of like the belief was if you were an assassinator, you could smack someone if you had firm confirmation that this person was an assassin. And for weeks... There was lads smacking the head off each other, assassins v. assassinators. And then it got to a point where it's like, are you an assassin or an assassinator? <laughs> and it's like, like lads wouldn't know what to say. And you just like put them on the spot and they'd be like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you better fucking say the right answer. Or you're going to get your head smacked off you. <laughs> you better, you're either with us or you're against us, <laughs> you know? And they'd be like, uh, assassinators. Be like, good. Now we better see a box in the head off a few assassins. Otherwise you're getting a smack. <laughs> <laughs> I were like nine again. This is so such, you know. But how how it came to an end was um, basically, and it was a very proud day because um, this is just a dumb game. You know what I mean? It's a dumb game. It was made up. It just had offshoots. It just kept going. It kept overflowing. And eventually, to be fair, you know, it was a big, big, big enough, you know, year that we had. You know, and it was just, you know, a hundred lads smacking the head off each other. You know, <laughs> so something had to happen. But I tell you, it was a very proud day when we were there in class and on the intercom, we heard the principal say, anyone found playing the game Assassins v. Assassinators will be suspended. And like he had to say the words, he had to say Assassins v. Assassinators. And as soon as we heard that, there was handshakes all around. There was hugs. A truce was declared. We won. <laughs> because he had to bring it up. The principal acknowledged that there was a gang war happening. And he had to say the names of both gangs. Validating the whole thing. And a truce was signed there and then. We went back to wrestling. It was good times. Do you know, I think I'm going to do another Moonshore Ragnarok. Because I wouldn't mind hearing uh, mad stories. Or maybe something weird that you guys, that your teachers had to acknowledge. Because honestly, that was one of the proudest moments in my entire life. Was when they had to mention the Assassins v. Assassinators game. So I would love to hear your Moonshore Ragnarok. Don't worry, I'll put it up on the social. I want to hear your stories of something 
insane games, insane trends that your teachers have had to finally acknowledge and actually talk and, and have a full, uh, you know, maybe even a full assembly for. I always find that particularly funny. Um, as long as it's not fucking mad, like a serious bullying epidemic, which kind of Assassin's be Assassinators was, but it was my epidemic. Um, that'll be coming up. Also, I'm going to be talking about schoolyard trends. What are the 2021 kids playing with? Pokemon cards? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Um, and if you want to listen to more of these podcasts, hey, you want to listen to what's arguably a more relaxed version of this podcast, you should check it out over on the Patreon. If you like this podcast, you would like to support it in some capacity, for the price of a pint a month, you can get an extra podcast every single Friday. Brand new podcast. You know, as long, if not longer than this podcast. Last week, I covered the Rose of Tralee. I answered all the questions that a rose might be might be asked. I uncovered what the escorts in the Rose of Tralee do, the origins, and why the Puck Fair is so much better, and we should be doing that instead. But you can check that over on the Patreon. Um, just go to patreon.com, Google. Google on patreon.com. Tony Camwell, and you'll find me over there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to the sponsors of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. And thank you for allowing this, what was supposed to be back to school special, be some crazy fucking meandering chat about Spider-Man and watching Euro Trash when you're a kid. But hey, that's nature of the pod. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for letting this be my job. And I'll see you next week. All the best. Bye-bye. It's only girl, we'll show.